In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Knackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. On this episode of Notably Disney, we are going to reflect on the year that was 2019. In particular, Disney Books. This has been an absolutely incredible year in terms of new titles, both published by Disney Publishing directly and also a number of other publishers. There's a plethora of content across a wide variety of categories and from different spheres of experience and influence, and this will serve as a gift guide of sorts of different titles that you'll want to make sure to pick up for the holiday season or have on your must-read list going into 2020. Perhaps you've checked out some of these titles already or have been dying to read the latest edition of a favorite series. So we are going to highlight several dozen titles. By no means is this absolutely comprehensive, but I hope this provides a window into a lot of different books that you can check out, whether it be on the theme parks, films, autobiographies, you name it. We're going to cover a lot of the different entries here. Mind you, I have not read every single one of these books, so I will only be able to speak to those that I have direct experience in reading. However, I want this to serve as a really good overview of books that you will want to check out. So let's dive right into the list. Ah, Belle. Good morning. I've come to return the book I borrowed. Finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Have you got anything new? <laughs> Not since yesterday. That's all right. So as I was assembling this list of books, I wanted to be mindful of that some books might fit into multiple categories, and there might be some categories that are not directly addressed. I also want to recognize that there are no fiction books on this list. We're looking at just nonfiction, because uh, if we went into fiction, that would go into a number of different directions, and really thinking about a lot of different age groups. So here, all these reads are going to be um, hopefully accessible to children, but more so geared toward an adult audience. So the first category I determined was to highlight some books published by our guests on Notably Disney over this past year. Um, many of them talked about their books on our podcast, and I want to take note of six different authors who you can check back and listen to those particular episodes and definitely check out their books. Uh, so first up was Christopher Lucas, who appeared on episode eight. Uh, he published Top Disney 100 Top 10 Lists of the Best of Disney from the Man to the Mouse and Beyond. This is really a great compendium of different fun facts about Disney, but really put into a number of different lists, 100 of them, obviously. And it was a blast talking with him and understanding his process and creating such a mammoth set of lists. This was a many-year endeavor for him. And it's an easy read. Obviously, you can just pick it up for a few minutes, check out a few lists, and put it back on your bookcase, or you could read it from front to back. It really is very accessible in that manner. 
And what's really cool on his website is that you can actually see additional examples of lists, especially and in addition, there are some by guest contributors. And I was actually um, able to develop one related to uh, film scores. So needless to say, it's a fun, easy to read book. So, and if you wanna check out that conversation with him, that was episode eight of the podcast. Another fun conversation was with James Mason, not James Mason from uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, although he made a good joke about that, um, but rather uh, Dr. James Mason, who's a really cool scholar and guy who talked about publishing a new series called Disney Connections and Collections. Uh, The first volume was focused on Disney's massive film catalog over the years, and kind of like Top Disney, this is almost like an encyclopedia of sorts. There's a lot of fun facts and things that you can glean that are new finds. It's not necessarily something that you're going to be reading from front to back because there are so many pages and there's really many hundreds of entries. But if you want to find out all the different ways in which, for instance, Pinocchio um, has come about uh, over the years across different entities within the Walt Disney Company, um, you, you would find that there among so many other titles. It's uh, really useful in that way, especially for those of us who are Disney history connoisseurs. Now, shifting over, oh, and I must mention too, uh, that that conversation with James is episode 13. So check out that conversation. Uh, now, another author who covered different sphere of Disney uh, is Dr. Amy Ositinsky, who published a book, based on her dissertation, and the book is called Disney Theatrical Productions, Producing Broadway Musicals the Disney Way. Our conversation with Amy was back on episode five, and it was really neat to hear about how Amy really investigated not only the history of Disney Theatrical and its 25-plus year evolution, but she really paid a focus on uh, several productions, including The Lion King, and Newsies. So it's really fun, and I think it's more of an, a bit more of an academic text from the standpoint of that this is definitely going to cater to a lot of your scholars, but I would say the general audiences would also find a lot of good value out of checking out Amy's book. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. She conducted some interviews with folks who are connected to or work for Disney Theatrical. She brings much, much knowledge as someone who's embedded her life in musical theater and the arts. So Amy brings such a great level of expertise to this book and uh, would highly encourage you to check it out. And again, that's episode five. Another interesting conversation on a unique aspect of Disney is what is it like to be in Disney custodial? Well, Lynn Barron, who's a co-host of the Sweep Spot podcast, talked to me about those experiences on episode 22, the most recent edition of the Cleaning the Kingdom series, uh, which is called Night, Day, Past, and Present, debuted in 2019, and it relays a lot of interesting stories of being in that world. You get a real glimpse into what it's like to not only work for Disneyland and the Disney theme parks at a general level, but in a particular type of role. So Lynn Barron uh, was on episode 22. I also want to note that Clean the Kingdom is co-authored by Ken Pellman, who's a collaborator with Lynn. So that was definitely a cool joint effort. Now, shifting over to another book that was really fun about the Disney theme parks is the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World 2020 with Len Testa. Uh, He was interviewed initially on episode 14 and he and Bob Selinger have been publishing these books for a number of years, constantly putting updates, making big changes. And in the latest edition, Len talked about some organizational differences in this new iteration, as well as accounting for many of the new attractions and experiences in Walt Disney World, including Toy Story Land. And at the time, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was just about to open down in Florida. So you have someone like Len who is absolutely smart and fascinating and funny, and he brings such a great energy to both 
the conversations, um, as you heard in episode 14, um, but also in the book. It's obviously a, a massive book. It's one that's definitely going to take up some space in your suitcase if you take it to uh, your Walt Disney World vacation, but it's worth really investigating in a lot of depth because there's so much in the way of insightful information packed within that book. So again, Len was on episode 14. And one other title I want to make reference to, we didn't talk about the book on the podcast because we were focused on Epcot, but Aaron Wallace, who's known for his Disney podcasting career and also publishing a number of books, debuted the latest iteration of the Thinking Fan's Guide to Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom 2020 to reflect a number of new updates. Uh, We talked on our podcast on uh, several episodes of the podcast about Epcot's evolution so there wasn't really much of a Magic Kingdom focus I would be glad to have that conversation with Aaron another time but what's what Aaron is really unique in in uh, contributing to his books is that he really merges this academic um, thoughtful critical piece of text with a very entertaining and light-hearted vibe as well. So he, like Amy and and so many others, are really effective in in bridging many different audiences in terms of creating a text that is accessible and really enjoyable to read. And through diving into each of the different attractions and areas of a theme park, he brings so many different spheres of knowledge, whether it's literature or history or politics. It's absolutely fascinating when you pick up an Aaron Wall, Wallace book and uh, would highly recommend you check out his many titles. And in 2020, like I said, the, the newest edition of the Thinking Fan's Guide to Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom was in the mix. So those were six guests who made appearances on Notably Disney this year and who had books published in 2019. So I'll be really interested to see um, if any of these folks, or hopefully multiple, um, end up debuting more books uh, going into 2020 and beyond. So now let's shift over to our first of many categories featuring people who have not been on Notably Disney per se, but still are responsible for books that have made a mark in 2019. So this category is going to center on autobiographies, many of them by notable individuals in society. And we'll begin with Julie Andrews, Dame Julie Andrews, I should say. Uh, And with Emma Walton Hamilton, she published another memoir. And this one is called Homework, a memoir of my Hollywood years. And this covers a number of projects during her really prolific film career and uh, in theater too, but she talks about Mary Poppins in this book. So for you Disney fans who absolutely love everything Mary Poppins and didn't get enough of Mary Poppins through uh, many different things that came out last year, this is another avenue for learning about Julie Andrews' journey on this really pinnacle period. Real, it's absolutely amazing to think that within a two-year period, she was part of both Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music, and these defined 60s musicals and her career, and if you really want to hear about it from Julie Andrews herself, this is going to be your best opportunity. And of, of course, leading up to the release, she promoted the book on um, different TV shows. I saw an interview with her uh, and Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show, and that pure grace and um, humor and, and wit that she brings to everything is always welcomed. So if you want your Julie Andrews fill, uh, you will definitely have it this year through Homework, A Memoir of My Hollywood Years. Now, let's shift over to another aspect of Disney history that doesn't get much attention, but through this new publication actually has gone its due, and that's the notion of the Disney True Life Adventure projects, right? So these were documentary films that were produced during the mid-20th century, and, and Walt had such a 
an appreciation and reverence for nature and through Jack Hoofer's book called My Boss Walt Making the Disney Wildlife Shows, there's a real glimpse into what it was like to be with the person who we all hold in such high esteem. Um, and there's pictures and lots of different anecdotes about being part of those productions. So that was published uh, earlier this year by Theme Park Press, which you'll hear again and again is responsible for serving as uh, a, a mechanism for a variety of different uh, Disney cast members and um, aficionados and historians to share their work. It's made it really uh, very viable to get so many new stories and experiences to the surface. So Theme Park Press continues to be very influential in that sphere. And My Boss Walt uh, is another example of one of those pieces that came to light this year. Now, if you want to travel to a galaxy far, far away, I'd recommend you check out IMC3PO, The Inside Story. So this is by Anthony Daniels, and the cover cleverly shows uh, Mr. C3PO right there. Um, not necessarily Anthony on the front, but if you look at the back of the book, it actually shows um, his real face. So it's kind of a, a nice... Uh, dualism of sorts between you know the the man and the droid and you know I, I absolutely love how as so many of these historic figures enter their later years in life they're using these opportunities to you know publish these memoirs relay certain experiences and really give great context to memorable characters and aspects of their career so we saw that earlier with Julie Andrews and in this book, uh, you know, you hear all about what it was like to portray that famous droid across so many different Star Wars films and projects, not just the movies. So Anthony Daniels um, is having a good day, I would imagine, through the debut of, of this new book. I also want to recognize that there are some Imagineers publishing books, and we'll talk about a few of them. Uh, one of them is the legendary Bob Gurr. Uh, he self-published a book uh, which is called Bob Gurr, Legendary Imagineer, Life and Times, Disney and Beyond. So if you want to know what it was like to develop uh, different vehicles and projects for the Walt Disney Company, learn more about uh, his career and different experiences. And, you know, if you go online, you actually can see that he's leading different tours of Hollywood and the Disney history out in LA uh, these days. So he's still extremely vibrant, um, even in his later years in life, and that he published a book about what it's like to, you know, be in the world of transportation, which he absolutely loves. Um, and also just different aspects of, of you know, the world we inhabit. He has such an admiration for so many different parts of society, and he's played a huge role in terms of, you know, Disney technology over the years, too. So that is a new title that you might want to check out. Another Imagineer who is also really the type who's made such an impact over... For, 40 years, I want to say. Yeah, 40 years. Uh, Bob Gurr, mind you, has been with Disney for much longer than that. But even though Kevin Rafferty hasn't been producing stuff for Disney for 60 years, you, um, you would never know it because in 40 years, I should say, he has been such a profound person in all different aspects of Walt Disney Imagineering, whether it be the earliest days of Epcot, or most recently with developing Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is uh, going to debut out at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I have read Magic Journey, My Fantastical Walt Disney Imagineering Career by Kevin Rafferty, um, in addition to some other books that we'll be talking about today. And I can say this is one of the finest examples of an autobiography that I've read because it is not just telling his life story across different chapters and how his career has, uh, how his career has, I would say, been 
a, a rocky road at times. There was a period when he was laid off from Disney, and he doesn't shy away from talking about that impact, and certainly a lot of hurdles with being, you know, low man on the totem pole working at Disneyland, but he finds such humor and heart in everything he works on, and that comes through so brilliantly in this book. You know, you hear about individual projects, but ultimately you're learning about the man behind them, and he is such a fascinating real person who is, injects his clever writing and a real sense of um, reverence for nostalgia in this book. So it's an absolute must-have. Would highly recommend that you pick up a copy. It's it's one book that is packed to, to the brim. It's about I want to say three hundred pages, just over three hundred pages, and the the font size is a bit small, so you might need your reading glasses. But it, it there's so much on every page that you just want to read it extremely closely. You might want to read it multiple times too to pick up on things you didn't catch the first time. And there's lots of cool photographs that are scattered throughout. So this is a really must-have autobiography. Now, what is it like to lead the Walt Disney Company? Our next author can speak to that very directly. So none other than Bob Iger, who has been part of Disney for just about as long as Kevin Rafferty um, for about 40 years, first starting out um, at ABC and in ABC Sports and eventually ascending to become the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Bob has really led an absolutely incredible career across so many different spaces of Disney, which you'll hear about if you uh, check out the book. And his book, which is called The Ride of the Life, the Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, is meant to serve as almost like a business leadership book of sorts, where he relays certain takeaways and life lessons that will be useful to up-and-coming uh, individuals who are emerging adults and who want to be business people. But that's just a small component here, because he's really talking about his very fascinating experiences, whether it be um, at ABC and some mentorship that he received from uh, Rune Arledge and some of the other big folks there, um, and also you know working with Michael Eisner and um, not backing away from the fact that there have been some really tumultuous periods in not only Disney history but also uh, certain work relationships. Um, talking about uh, you know the challenges with with Roy Disney um, during the early 2000s. He also discusses major negative impacts that have hit the Walt Disney Company when there was the loss of the the little boy um, by the alligator in Walt Disney World right around the time of Shanghai Disneyland's opening and Bob talking in depth about how he communicated with the family and ultimately the steps they took to try to prevent another tragedy like that from happening. It's a really fantastic read. Certainly those who are in the business world or who love Disney are going to appreciate this most, but I would say there's some really good general life lessons that are not necessarily disciplinary specific. So I think it's a really good ride to take and if you want a taste of the book, I would highly encourage you to check out one of the many interviews he conducted leading up to the book's release. Um, he talked with Oprah and, um, oh my gosh, so many folks, Good Morning America. He was all over the place talking about his book. He was on Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres' show. He really knew how to promote the book and really leverage, especially the, the ABC um, news outlets to uh, cover the book. And I think it's good because, again, it serves as a way of making some of the lessons not necessarily limited to the physical book context. So The Ride of a Lifetime is a good one. And then one other autobiography that we have to and very well should recognize is the last book that was published or I should say that the very last book that was written by Marty Sklar, 
Uh, mind you, he passed away in 2017, but the book debuted this fall. Uh, the book is Travels with Figment on the Road in Search of Disney Dreams. And my gosh, he already had such a great book with um, The One Little Spark. And he, he just continues to really showcase his just deep level of knowledge of Disney, his expertise, and his real heart and mentorship. He's He's been such a big part of the Walt Disney Company, and it's sad to talk about him in the past tense because, again, his his passing was relatively unexpected, and it was only a few weeks after the D23 Expo in 2017 when he was out on stage and talking about different projects and, and his life experiences. So, my gosh, you know, Marty Sklar is a true dig- Disney legend, and we're really appreciative that we have one final piece of work from him in this book. So you're going to want to add it to your collection of Marty Sklar books. You have The One Little Spark, which is uh, Mickey's Ten Commandments and the Road to Imagineering. And certainly the one that really made a big impact several years ago was Dream It, Do It, My Half Century, Creating Disney's Magic Kingdoms. That book is very much in the vein of your... Uh, your magic journey, the Kevin Rafferty book in terms of talking about working for Disney Imagineering for decades. Mind you, even though these books are published by Disney Publishing, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, there is some real uh, authenticity, I want to say, to the books. They're not just talking about all the highlights and rainbows and ice cream cones. Everything is not always bright under the Disney sun and you know, someone like Marty, someone like Kevin, they're they're the types who can relay these anecdotes with uh, a lot of candor, but also cleverness too. So, so many autobiographies to choose from. My gosh, uh, it's going to be a lot for you to read if you check out all of these titles. And certainly, uh, I the the one that I have to highlight is the is the Kevin Rafferty. Magic Journey. It's really one of those special books that you have to have in your collection. And these other ones, too, are hopefully going to find a space uh, right next to it. So now let's move over to biographies. So there were several that cast a really big impact this year. So let's focus on three of them. One is The Queens of Animation, the untold story of the women who transformed the world of Disney and made cinematic history. Very long title. Um, Simply, The Queens of Animation will do. Uh, This is by Natalia Holt, and this generated a lot of attention, um, particularly because, you know, she's the best-selling author of Rise of the Rocket Girls, um, and she's a really great author in terms of relaying the experiences of groups of people from decades ago. And a few years ago, we got the really massive tome that was uh, ink and paint, uh, The Woman of Walt Disney's Animation by Mindy Johnson. Uh, And this is really a nice uh, compliment of sorts to that book in terms of talking about women who were very significant in the Walt Disney Company during its more formative years. Um, So we know that Disney was mostly a boys club. It consisted of a lot of um, white men who developed the products that we're very familiar with, but it wasn't just them. And this book adds to telling a really complex story of what these women experienced in working for the Walt Disney Company and through the process too, really being able to create um, notable female characters and you know the, the ripple effects of these trailblazers continues to be evident in terms of the the projects that come out of Disney these days, whether it's your Maleficent or Frozen or others uh, in that vein. So Natalia Holt's book um, will probably be a a really good read if you enjoyed Ink and Paint as well. And even if you didn't, um, as I'm saying, I have not directly read this title from her, but I am excited to add it to my must-read list. And certainly she's gaining a lot of attention for this, and rightfully so, because we need to hear more stories from individuals whose stories have not been told, and and certainly not so because of 
uh, a lot of the different minoritized statuses that um, individuals have held over the years. So whether it be women or people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, uh, it's definitely time for these stories to come to surface. Now, one individual whose story has surfaced in different ways over the years is the really profound animator of iWorks. And this is a gentleman who was the first to animate Mickey and Minnie Mouse, right? So this was Walt's uh, right-hand man of, of sorts, and he has a very complex story, and it's um, been relayed in different ways over the years. There have been um, different books that have touched on his life and even um, different types of visual media as well. But now, um, as it will be released on December 10th, is Walt Disney's ultimate inventor, the genius of, of iWorks. And this is actually being written by Don iWorks, right? So this is his son who is talking about his dad's career. And wow, what a really impactful experience to be able to tell your parents' story. Um, this is, I've as I've heard from others and as I've seen, this is going to be a must-have book. There's going to be a lot of really fascinating uh, pictures and anecdotes. This is a gentleman who wasn't just known for his impact in the animation world, but also in theme parks and, and technology, right? So um, in terms of circle vision and some of the other media that you find when you visit a Disney destination, we really have Up Iwerks and some of his comrades to thank on that front. So this is going to be a must in your collection, I imagine. And then another book that focuses on a really notable Disney figure uh, is about Ward Kimball, the Disney animator, and the life and times of Ward Kimball, maverick of Disney animation. You gotta love that title. Uh, this was uh, written by Todd James Pierce. This debuted earlier this year. Um, and this focuses on Kimball's life. So you, you, some of you, I would hope, know who Ward Kimball is. He was um, a legendary Disney animator. You know, if you think of Jiminy Cricket and the Mad Hatter, that's, that's Ward Kimball. And this book really covers all different aspects of his life and talking about what it was like to really shape Disney animation during that earliest period of the company. So those are three biographies for you to check out in addition to all of those autobiographies, and we have many more categories to explore. Let's now talk about some film and television-based books. And so when I'm saying this, I'm not necessarily discussing those art books that are about the different Disney film releases. We'll talk about those briefly um, in just a few moments. That's another category, but here about different projects related to Disney films and and or television more generally. So first up is actually a revised edition of a book that debuted a few years ago. So this is by Dave Bossert, who you may know from a number of different Disney film projects over the years, um, an author as well, of course. Uh, and in Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, the search for the lost Disney cartoons, this revised special edition um, adds several new pieces to the prior edition, including uh, six collectible prints, which is kind of cool. Um, and there's some new images that appear that weren't previously featured. This talks about how challenging and really incredible it was to track these cartoons that seem to have been lost by time. And remember, Oswald was not in Disney's hands for so many decades. Um, it wasn't until 2006 with that famous uh, swap with uh, uh, Al Michaels, if you recall that. Um, Oswald was back in the in the Disney hands, no longer in uh, NBC Universal. And uh, if you want to learn about this really just fun and clever character, you're going to want to check out Dave Bossert's book. Uh, another book that uh, you could say is a revised edition. A few years ago, 
the Walt Disney Studios A Lot to Remember, fantastic title, uh, debuted, but um, because of some different issues, it was actually um, quickly taken um, off store shelves and uh, became quickly out of print, and then those books became extremely valuable, and uh, the authors and Disney made some little changes, and now it is finally out, it's ready to go, and it is the Walt Disney Studios A Lot to Remember by Stephen Clark and Rebecca Klein. Um, Stephen Clark was really important in that he was behind the development of D23, and you have Becky Klein, who's been part of the Walt Disney Archives for several decades and now is responsible for overseeing it. These are two really well-informed individuals who have been part of the Disney company, and they talk about the development of the Walt Disney Studios complex. There are great images of various productions that were filmed there over the years, like Pirates of the Caribbean. There are obviously lots of pictures of different parts of the studio, the Walt's office and the different streets that we know from various media. It's a great hardcover, large book um, with really glossy um, paper, and it's a beautiful read. It's a great coffee table book as well. So we can all enjoy that this is now finally out and ready to go. I also want to recognize that there have been so many books published over recent years as part of the They Drew As They Pleased series by Didier Goetz, um, who's just a a great author and historian as well. Um, And in the latest edition, which is volume five, The Hidden Art of Disney's Renaissance, this book talks about that really interesting period of the 70s and 80s, right? So Disney's in this transition period. Walt has been gone for a while. The studio's uh, churning out projects that have really received mixed reviews. You know, you have your Robin Hood and uh, Rescuers and others. And in, in this book, like many others, he spotlights specific artists. And this one is a real tribute to Ken Anderson and Mel Shaw who were really just legendary in the Disney animation sphere. So this series has some, so many great pieces of, of what seemed to be lost art and art that most of us are not accustomed to seeing. So you definitely want to check this one out as well. Another book that covers Disney films, um, or should I say specific costumes within Disney films is the art of Disney costuming heroes, villains, and spaces between. Gotta love that title too. There's so many clever titles um, because indeed there are some characters like your Jack Sparrow that you could say is uh, in that in-between space and uh, Jeff Curdy who is a very prolific Disney author and has produced a number of books over recent years. Um, lends that sense of just pure uh, appreciation for and knowledge of different aspects of Disney history. This is very much an art book. Um, There's not quite as much text as you might imagine. Instead, really the focus is on highlighting a number of different costumes from Disney's live action films. So there are some from years ago. Most of the attention is on projects from the past few decades. And Uh, I imagine anybody who wants to go into costuming for a career would really love this, you know, fashion, anything in that space, but also just the the notion of highlighting great photography and the stories behind these costumes, right? So um, there's the whole portion focused around Cinderella because, you know, Cinderella has been not just the animated film from 1950, but we had the 1997 Wonderful World of Disney film, and then the 2015 Kenneth Branagh film. Um, That has really surfaced in in so many different contexts over the past few decades. And there was a fantastic exhibit featuring the actual costumes that were showcased in the book that are from the Walt Disney Archives that was at D23 Expo. It was uh, amazing to walk through and see all of these um, really just feet away from me. And this book is a fantastic illustration of the magic behind the, you know, what 
encompass the Disney films. It's not just the, the massive set pieces, but it's even things that are seemingly simple like clothing, but are actually works of art in themselves because of the level of detail and just vast amount of different types of textiles that are used. So this is a really cool book if you're into uh, Disney costuming. Uh, another book that focuses on Disney media, but but rather television, is kind of an unexpected inclusion on this list. You might be thinking, how is this Disney, Brett? Well, Ladies Who Punch, the explosive inside story of The View, became a huge bestseller earlier this year. Um, this is by Ramin Satuta. Uh, I have to definitely thank Aaron Wallace for telling me about this book and, and highly recommending it. I already had it on my list. I read through it, and as someone who has been a devotee of the show over quite a long period of time and who finds the behind-the-scenes aspect just as fascinating as the hot topics that the ladies discuss, uh, this is a really enjoyable read. It kind of feels like a, a tabloid of sorts um, because there's a lot of salacious uh, information that comes out of this, but ultimately Ramin was able to interview almost all of the hosts over its 22-year run. Um, not as much focus the past year or so, but uh, really up until, I would say, 2017, 2018, um, practically everything over the course of the show's history is captured here, those conversations with your Rosie O'Donnell and, and uh, Barbara Walters and others. It's really interesting, very juicy. Um, there's obviously... Uh, some questioning as far as, okay, what is in fact true? Because you have all these different uh, very uh, larger-than-life personalities sharing their take on how certain situations unfolded. But Ramin approaches it um, in a very diplomatic manner, I would say. And it's just really fun um, if you're into daytime television or um, you know talk shows or anything of that sort. I, I think you'll get a kick out of this read. And um, certainly a ton of people are checking out if it's a New York Times bestseller and certainly fits within the context of Disney because you have um, multiple Disney legends who have been co-hosts on the show. You have your uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Barbara Walters and, and also being a big fixture on ABC for the past few decades. So lots of different books on Disney films and television and there's a whole other sphere that has to be addressed, and that is that there are so many art and making of specific film books. So you see these on your shelves at Barnes & Noble and in so many other contexts where there are these really great hardcover books that spend maybe a couple hundred pages diving into the creation of major movies from the Walt Disney Company, the Walt Disney Studios. And there were a number of them that debuted during 2019. So to quickly highlight as many of these as possible, there uh, was Industrial Light and Magic Presents Making Solo a Star Wars Story by Rob Bretto. Now you might be thinking, okay, Brett, Solo came out in 2018. How does this fit? Well, actually, this making of book debuted many months after that May 2018 release. This book was published in 2019, and this is a really fascinating overview of the production of this unfortunately maligned Star Wars film entry. Um, lots of great photographs and showing how they uh, filmed it in the Dolomites and other exotic locations around the world. There is an art book that focuses on the art behind Solo that came out in 2018, but if you want to know um, the actual production elements of developing this Star Wars motion picture, you're going to want to check out Industrial Light and Magic Presents, making Solo a Star Wars story. And there were a lot of art books related to individual properties, so if you're a Pixar person like me, you're you would certainly love The Art of Toy Story 4 by Josh Cooley, the director. You don't see that every day. That's kind of cool. Um, he created that book, which is all about the, the latest installment in the Toy Story franchise. There was also the art and making of Dumbo, not the 1940 
one film, but rather the uh, 2019 live action uh, iteration. So this book is by Leah Gallo. There was also another live action reimagining that was The Art and Making of The Lion King by Michael Goldman. And of course, they have to pay homage to the classic 1994 animated film, and there's some images of that, and then showing just the um, really fascinating transition of these characters into this digital environment. I, I say live action reimagining, but ultimately this was totally animated, and that's where the lines become extremely blurry. And if you want to have a greater appreciation for what it was like to create this new adaptation of a really big fixture in the Disney Film Library, this book will ser certainly serve that purpose. I'm always of the mindset, I may not always love the finished product, but if I have a greater understanding of what it took to fashion that, to construct a, a totally ambitious and very expensive project, then you know what, that might change my interpretation. I. I know I felt like this over time in watching bonus features of, of certain movies where, you know, maybe I felt, maybe I had a tepid response in terms of my reaction to the film, but once I knew what it was like to create it, I'm like, wow, um, I have a, I really value what these filmmakers put into it. So if you didn't love The Lion King 2019, you might s certainly see it in a different way through checking out this book. There's also The Art of Frozen 2, uh, another sequel, and uh, wow, what a great movie it was. And if you love the amazing uh, artistry that was put into this film with so many different landscapes, whether it be the forests or some of those amazing water scenes, well, this Art of Frozen 2 by Jessica Julius uh, will certainly strike your fancy. And I know I love those art books. I have so many of them in my collection, and I wish I could just uh, tear out the, pa the paper and frame the art because they're so beautiful. Um, thankfully, I have them all in one place. Uh, I, I absolutely loved the one for uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. And The Art of Frozen 2 um, is a nice uh, way of keeping Frozen in your household if you're still uh, checking out the movie in theaters. Uh, Marvel had a major presence this year. Marvel Studios uh, had three movies, and all of them got their own art books. So there's Marvel's Avengers Endgame, The Art of the Movie, Marvel's Captain Marvel, <laughs> love that, uh, Marvel's Captain Marvel, The Art of the Movie, and uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, The Art of the Movie. Um, these were uh, written and, you know, uh, created by uh, Ellie... I want to pronounce her name correctly, Eleni uh, Russos. So uh, she's the person behind this, uh, I, I would say, series of books, but they're really ultimately uh, different properties uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can check those out. Um, debuting on December 20th is The Art of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Super excited. And um, you... Uh, you know, the, the challenge behind looking at these art books before the movie comes out or right when they come out is, you know, certain things might be spoiled. So I usually am of the mindset, look at them after the fact. So um, this Rise of Skywalker art book is by Phil Zostek. And yeah, there's, there's so many Star Wars books, but and I only can mention a few of them, but I would imagine if you love knowing how some of these visuals came to fruition. Uh, an art book is a good way of um, having that foundation. Uh, one other one to mention is The Art and Making of Aladdin, the 2019 release, of course. This is by Emily Zemmler. So I, for one, really enjoyed this new iteration of Aladdin, and uh, I would imagine that kind of like what I said with Lion King, uh, you know, maybe not everybody loved it, but if you know how they're created, you perhaps will more greatly appreciate them. Let's now travel to the Disney theme parks to highlight five books that relate to the attractions and the people of the Disney theme parks over the decades. Now, there's obviously so many to choose from that have debuted in the past calendar year, but I think it's worth just closely looking at five of them. So the first one 
that I'd like to recognize is by author Andrew Kist, who wrote Walt Disney and the 1964 to 1965 New York World's Fair, Great Moments. So if you are a big Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln fan, you're going to absolutely adore this piece of work. And listen to an interview with uh, Andrew on the Book of the Mouse Club podcast with uh, Courtney Guth and Emily McDermott. And he brings such a great personality and, as I've shared with about other folks too, a great sense of reverence in honoring the material at hand. And in this case, it is that really defining period of Disney history, which is the mid-1960s. And the New York World's Fair was uh, almost like a launching pad for some of the most classic attractions that we know today, many, many decades later. And here's a close-up of developing great moments with Mr. Lincoln for the Illinois Pavilion. So it's really cool when a book is a deep dive on a particular attraction or aspect of Disney history, and uh, Andrew accomplishes that here. Also thinking about the early days of the Disney theme parks, you're going to want to check out the 55ers, the pioneers who settled Disneyland. This is by David Koenig, and the name David Koenig should ring a bell if you have loved anything about learning about Disney uh, cast members over many decades. So this is your author who's responsible for those Mouse Tales books from the 1990s. He is a really important figure in Disney history in that, you know, he these books are not published by Disney, and the Mouse Tales books certainly came out during a time when um, it was not PC and not common for an outsider to be publishing a book about Disney and the Disney theme parks and Disney cast members. And in this book, he focuses on those who were part of Disneyland from six, 64 years ago. It's absolutely amazing to think of how all this information was curated to learn about their stories from so many different departments. So whether it be the folks who were uh, mule wranglers or uh, original Jungle Cruise skippers, those, you know, and we obviously learn a little bit about them through the Skipper Stories book, but or book series, I should say, but this is a real compilation of all the different monumental people who made Disneyland Disneyland. So it's getting a, a lot of good praise, and uh, yeah, you'll want to have that in your collection for sure. Now, another very important Disney author is Jim Corcus. He's been responsible for probably several dozen Disney books over the years. He's a Disney historian. He's been part of the company for uh, many years, too. He's a really fascinating figure, and one of many books that came out from him this year is Secret Stories of Extinct Disneyland Memories of the Original Park. So this is certainly going to appeal to folks who remember those early days of Disneyland, you know, from the 50s and 60s, etc. But even if you weren't around back then or visited the park during those so-called glory days, you will probably find something to treasure from this because again, you know, if it's if it wasn't for certain tales being captured in book form, they very well could be forgotten. And I'm always appreciative of the Jim Corcus book for these reasons. And, you know, in this one, it's really concentrated. It's not just all across different aspects of the Walt Disney Company, but rather one place, which is Disneyland, and certainly a lost period of time from decades ago. Now, this next book I could be talking about for hours, and I'm really excited to be welcoming one of the co-authors on the show uh, very shortly in a, in a forthcoming episode of Notably Disney. And this is the piece de resistance of Disney books. It is absolutely one that you would be kicking yourself if you did not add to your collection, because I would say, and I have so many Disney books in my collection, probably at least over 100, many, many, many more than that, I'm sure, 
This is in the very, very tippy-top tier. This is Mark Davis, in his own words, imagining the Disney theme parks by Pete Docter, who you know as the director of Inside Out, and Christopher Merritt, who's a really cool and important Disney Imagineer from the past few decades. So Chris Merritt will be coming on Notably Disney. Very thrilled to be talking with him. But Mark Davis, in his own words, this is a tome. This is a heavy book. So it's a two-volume book. Uh, It comes to about uh, just under 11 pounds. It's very heavy, and there is so much incredible content, just ridiculously interesting stories about Mark's life from the people who knew him best. But per the title, it's in his own words. So there's tons of quotes and stories that were composed by Mark in the book. This stems from a number of interviews that have been conducted with him over the years, um, including those by Chris Merritt. And just as fascinating as the written elements are, a lot of people are going to be drawn, no pun intended, by the lost artwork or artwork that has rarely been seen in this title. So there are two volumes in this book set, and so it's all in one pretty package, and you learn about everything from the, whether it be Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, to projects that never came to see the live day, so you're like your uh, Western River Expedition. This is 700 plus pages of magic. It will literally take you hours upon hours to go through everything, and even then, you'd be thinking to yourself, I should have spent more time looking at this drawing or really taking in this quote by uh, insert Imagineer name here. It is so incredibly rich and packed with content. This is probably the best $75 to $100 that you will spend on any Disney book, um, certainly as of, you know, published within the past decade or so. It's just ridiculously cool. I I put this right alongside uh, the Walt Disney Archives book that that came out from Tashin a few years ago, the one that focuses on the first uh, several years, or several decades, I should say, of Disney animation and the different productions. That is a humongous book and full of great content. This is very much in the same space, but what's great about this is it's focused on a singular Imagineer, certainly stories and other experiences related to folks that Mark were, was in contact with are woven throughout, but ultimately this is the best tribute that anybody could imagine uh, reading and looking at as it pertains to one central figure in Disney history. So Mark Davis, in his own words, um, as I'm looking at it now, uh, it's retailing for about $80 on Amazon, but you know the, the price has been fluctuating. Even if it's 100 it's still going to be a fantastic investment. From the standpoint of really feeding your curiosity in all different aspects of Disney Imagineering, this was a gentleman who shifted from Disney Animation to WED um, right around the uh, end of the 50s, the very beginning of the 1960s, um, you know, Disney animation was not necessarily Walt's focus as much as he was really invested in uh, building on his theme park brand, Disneyland. You will be absolutely enthralled. You can't tell that I am excited about this book. And I, I'm the type who is devouring this every page one could easily spend several minutes on. And like I said, there's 700 plus pages, so this will be a a long read for sure. And an upcoming release, or should I say uh, just debuted release, is from Richard Snow. It is called Disney's Land, Walt Disney, and the Invention of the Amusement Park that changed the world. I've talked about several books already about Disneyland's history, and uh, this is another one to that mix. So um, folks who love the history of Disneyland are going to be extremely happy this year. Um, And this is a a gentleman who has served 
as a major editor and he's a screenwriter and just really fascinating individual and this is a 400 plus page book all about the development of Disneyland and how it you know carved out a whole industry um you know there were amusement parks but this was the first true theme park so you you might want to read this alongside other books on the history of Disneyland and there's the the one by uh Sam Genoway that uh, came out several years ago that was called the Disneyland story the unofficial guide to the evolution of Walt Disney's dream there are a lot of books um, on this front, and I would imagine, based on the early buzz, that this is going to be one worth purchasing as well. Finally, I want to conclude by recognizing some in the miscellaneous category, ones that maybe don't fit into one particular context within the Walt Disney Company. Several books to mention on this front, and the first is Entertaining with Disney Exceptional Events from Mickey Mouse to Moana. So if you are the type who loves creating dinner parties or other events or spaces where you're inviting lots of people to take part in a fun experience and want to infuse that Disney touch, I'd imagine this would probably be a good addition to your book collection. This is by Amy Crushorn, so she's an interior designer and stylist and has done a lot of things on this front and there's a lot of really inspired ideas for you here so if you love the little mermaid or lion king or frozen anything really that has a big presence in the disney sphere you will see some new ideas come to fruition but obviously you have to put in the work so this will serve as a starter to get ready for um you know developing uh certain fun treats and recipes or decorations or really anything in between. So I would imagine some of you might find that to be a lot of fun. Next up, I want to recognize another book by Jim Corcus. I I mentioned the secret stories of extinct Disneyland earlier, but also it's always fun to look at what could have been but never happened. And that's all behind Disney Never Lands. Things Disney Never Made. That's a very apropos title, and the cover is fun because it shows uh, like a little fence and says danger construction area, authorized personnel only. So did you get clearance to read this book? I certainly hope so. Uh, You'll learn all about things in the Disney theme parks and film projects and TV series that did not ever come to see the light of day. But it doesn't mean that good ideas ever die. We see many times that these are translated into new contexts or creations. So if you want to learn more about Westcott or uh, Roger Rabbit sequels, there's a lot of interesting stuff in Disney Neverlands. And one new release from Disney that super cool. I I can't even come up with words because I'm just so excited for this project. It is One Day at Disney, Meet the People Who Make the Magic Across the Globe. This is coming in the form of a documentary on Disney+, and then there's going to be a lot of segments on each of the people that are profiled. This is the book companion to that documentary, so you're going to see dozens of different folks from across the company highlighted. You have your Robin Roberts, who's anchor of Good Morning America, Brie Larson, uh, of Captain Marvel. So you have some really big names and then you have, you know, your cast members, people who are working at the Disney theme parks or in unique spaces for the Walt Disney Company. This is such a cool endeavor. This was the secret Disney project that was announced at D23 Expo. Um, and I'm really thrilled that there's this platform for honoring the many different individuals who are working for the Walt Disney Company. There's you know tens of thousands and, and so many different spaces, and mind you, this is just a snapshot of some of them, but it's really a tribute to all the people who make the magic happen. So uh, very excited for one day at Disney. <sighs> I think that deserves a big 
sigh of relief that, okay, I have covered a lot of books, and mind you, this is not everything. I'm sure I left off some titles that you were saying to yourself, Brett, why did you not talk about XYZ book? Well, there's only so much time, and there's only so much to read. I'm excited to read some of these that I have yet to pick up, and obviously extremely thrilled about many of the ones that I have shared with you that are staples in my Disney book collection as of now. There's so much to check out. This has been probably one of the best years on the Disney book front in recent memory. I am astounded by how much great quality content is coming out of Disney publishing directly, um, some by Imagineers and other notable figures, um, and also you know from Theme Park Press and other publishers that are making really good pieces that are telling other stories that ordinarily would not be captured. So I would highly encourage you to check out all of these books and many more, and happy reading. And I hope that you are able to provide these as gifts to loved ones in your life and, and maybe to yourself, because a good read makes every day better. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at bnachmanreports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N reports. And be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to notablydisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. Notably Disney is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Consequently, the perspectives and opinions expressed by the host and guests are strictly theirs and do not represent the views of the Walt Disney Company and its employees. The main purpose of the Notably Disney podcast is to offer information and critiques about the Walt Disney Company.